Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio tonight. Glad that you've joined us. As we enter our seventh month here on the show, thanks for joining us tonight. Jeff, DW, Todd is in studio with us tonight, and we are excited that you've joined us. You can get connected on the conversation tonight anytime during the show. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com, or if you're listening to the podcast, it works just the same way. And we loved reading your emails. We'd love to hear from you, too. In the past six months, we've done some amazing shows, and we'd love to hear your favorite one or what spoke to you the most. So email us, hope at hopenet360.com. Connect on Facebook and Twitter as well. DW, I'm so excited for this new month. This is just, it's been an incredible six months so far. I can't believe it's already gone past, and uh, we're... Now we're we're also coming up on our six year anniversary here at HopeNet three sixty and so there's just there's so many anniversaries, birthdays, that sort of thing. Oh, and by the way, birthdays, I gotta give a shout out to my sister who turns twenty two today. So yeah, just exciting, exciting times. And tonight on the show, Dave, I think it's it's one of those things that everybody talks about or, or goes through, but fighting and quarreling and um did you know that ghosts sit around the campfire and tell Chuck Norris stories these days? Really? I just learned that. That's fascinating. Where did you learn that? I, I went on the internet. Yeah. You, you know what's interesting? <laughs> there is a lot of information out there today for people to listen to, and we have to sort through it because um, not all of it's correct. In fact, colleges are dealing with that. They're trying to figure out how you know people are doing research for papers, and they're finding information that's bogus out there. I don't know if you ever did this, but I went and I took a recipe off the internet, and whoever did that should be thrown in jail. Whatever that recipe was, you know, it did not work, and it tasted terrible, and I'm sure that guy or that lady is still laughing that people took that thing and and, and tried to follow it. Did they have you put mushrooms in it? No, but I'm telling you, there was something really bad about it, and I, I thought, man, I just got taken by this. And you know what's interesting? In psychology, there's this little term that they use. It's called an anchoring bias. And an anchoring bias, it, I mean, that might sound like a real big term, but, but it's, it's really simple. It, it's basically you and I, when we hear some information, the first information we hear that we like that seems even plausible to us, we will anchor to. In other words, we believe it's true at that point. And, and what's really weird is we start defending it as truth, even though it may not be truth. And, and that's kind of odd. But we do that. People do that. And they call it an anchoring bias. So somebody grows up in a home that is very Democrat, let's say. You know, they, they love the Democratic Party. Another one grows up in a home, they love the Republican Party. And all their lives, they end up arguing and defending and talking about their party. And really, that was the first party they ever got told about. That was the first thing they ever heard about with elections. And now they just live that way the rest of their lives. And, and it's very interesting to see how we do that. 
there are a lot of uh, organizations that like to get first information into people, knowing that this anchoring bias actually works. Mm. It's very hard to change somebody's mind once it's made up, even if it's made up in a false way. In other words, it's made up on lies or deceptions, and we have to be very careful when we hear information because it just may not be true. I'll give you an example if I can. Mm-hmm. I'm a guy that loves to try and figure out what I can do for my health and get better. And uh, and I have a friend who talked about it's very important for your blood to be a pH level, a certain pH level, or you'll be sick or you can get cancer and that kind of thing. And, and I totally believe uh, what he said, and I've been working on that, but I haven't been successful at accomplishing what he asked me to do. So I went online and I started looking for how I can do it better. I actually wasn't even looking to disprove him or anything else. I was just looking, how can I do this better? And I found research that a pharmacist went and just explained that told me the exact opposite of what my friend said. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am totally confused now because this research looks really good. And and yet I love my friend. Now, the tension I have right now is do I even go to my friend with this research article and hand it to him? I'll give you another one real quick. I, I'm a guy that's under care for my heart, and so I'm, I'm being cared for by a cardiologist, and my cardiologist wants me on statin drugs. Uh, statin drugs are like Lipitor or Crestor or something like that. You might have seen some ads for it. And so I'm on that drug. And, and yet I just read an article in the USA Today by a cardiologist who did 5,000 heart surgeries who is extremely well-known, and he said, I'm afraid that statins don't do the job. Now, I have a cardiologist that I'm under care that says I need to be on them. I have another cardiologist article that talks about they aren't doing the job. That's, that's a lie. Now, I'm stuck in the middle here. You know what I want to do? I want to defend my cardiologist because that's who I chose to believe. That's the route I chose to take. And he was the first one to tell me that I needed to take him. But here I am confessing to you and all the millions of people listening that I'm beginning to wonder. Now, here's why I don't want to wonder. I don't want to doubt my cardiologist. You know, I I don't want to doubt what he Mm -hmm. said. But the truth of the matter is, I'm not saying that he's a bad cardiologist, and I'm not saying that he's a dumb cardiologist. I'm not saying any of those things. Mm -hmm. I I am just saying I wonder why there's a a, a mixed opinion here. So my next appointment with my cardiologist, I'm going to bring the article, and I'm going to give it to him. And I'm going to ask him if he can explain to me the other side of this. And, and, and I think that's pursuing truth. I really don't know what to believe. However, I am not withdrawing from being treated by my cardiologist and doing what he says at this point. I just right. want to know what the real truth is. Likewise, on the, on the acid thing, I'm, I'm going to take the research I found, give it to my friend and ask him, would you read this for me and talk to me about this? Because I just want to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. I've spent too much of my life, and I think most people have, with the anchoring bias thing in place, where, where I am just, um, you know, I hear something and I go, man, this is the way it is. And then I go out, and because I'm a teacher, I can go tell thousands of people this is the way it is. Yeah, I, I need to be more careful on that. We live in an age where this information just flies and, and we make decisions on sound bites rather than research. And even research can be twisted. So, Dave, you don't really think that ghosts sit around the campfire and tell Chuck Norris stories? You know, they might. They might. I I don't know. They might do other things. I think, Todd, you were telling me that there's other Chuck Norris things that go on that I'm not sure of. What was the other one? 
Death once had a near Chuck Norris experience. Oh, death having yes. Chuck Norris it's experiences. True. Yeah. It's true. yeah, I'm not sure where you guys get all this facts it's the from. Internet, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the internet's fun. WebMD is giving me a PhD. I tell you what, I go, you know, whenever I have an ache in my body and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, recently, I was up at your camp actually, and I went down a tubing run. At the end of the run, I like hit my face in the snow, and I don't know if my chest like hit the ground or the tube or what it was, but I came back with a, a rib that was like injured. And so what did I do? I went and looked up like what symptoms were, you know, indicating and all this stuff and kind of reached out for some uh, medical advice on the interwebs. And that's just today's technology has really expanded our information. There's so much information out there. And is that dangerous? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of information. There's a lot of misinformation. You know, there's a lot yeah, I'm, of I'm, urban legends there's a lot of wives tales there's a lot of things that you know may have been proven or may not have been proven and people will wind up believing them because oh they're they're just put in a book or they're put on you know the internet it's someone blogged about it especially hearing all these different conversations about vaccinations i just had a a son not too long ago and you can look up on the internet and find all these articles and blogs about how vaccinations are bad and you know it you get both sides of the coin it's like you you hear one thing and then you hear a a totally opposite point of view and, and they're both coming from what you think are reputable sources can you imagine being a doctor, though, I mean, you spent all those years in medical school, that kind of thing, and then <laughs> yeah. having somebody look up WebMD and come and argue with them. They don't have the background. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the education, but they're willing <laughs> to argue with their doctor about something. Now, the interesting thing is they may be arguing correctly. I, I don't even know. But, but can you imagine being the doctor and being the expert and having somebody come and say, no, I think the dose is wrong on this? You know, yeah. and it's like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> You know, yeah. I don't know. I'm just guessing that that probably isn't the best route. Exactly. But sledding down a hill on your chest is almost never a good thing, Jeff. Yeah, just for the record. <laughs> I was on a tube. I wasn't on a sled. Yeah. <laughs> Toughen up, Jeff. Man up, man. <laughs> anyway, so get connected on the show tonight. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Also, anytime you need to chat with someone, there's a live coach that's waiting to talk to you and encourage you, especially if you're going through a very difficult time right now. Recently, we had a, a, a student here in our local community who passed away from suicide, and it was one of those things that really shook a lot of people. And if that's you tonight, if you are grieving tonight, there's a coach that's waiting to chat with you and to remind you that you're not alone. And so you can visit HopeNet360.com, click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. We're going to take a quick break here on the show. We'll be back, and we'll open up our mailbag when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back tonight on HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Kyle in studio. We're opening up our mailbag tonight on the show. This is your conversation. We want you to be a part of it. And it's a show where conversations save lives. So tonight we're excited. We get to open the mailbag up a little bit more with some of the emails and messages that have come in at hope at hopenet360.com and at csl.hopenet360.com. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. Uh, we've got our mailbag open here, and I want to read our first email. It comes in from Megan, and she writes in and says, When I was five or so, my parents got divorced. They were great co-parents, though, or at least I thought so at the time. Now I know it was just my mom doing the work of both parents while not living together. My dad was never really dad-like. He was more of a friend or he wanted to be. 
Like when I was in elementary school, he bought my brother and I donuts every morning for breakfast or he would come and pick me up early saying I had an appointment just so we could hang out or whatever. I mean, yeah, at the time I thought it was great. I could do whatever I wanted. Uh, Luckily, I've always been responsible. So still, I went to bed at a normal time and did well in school and all that stuff. But now I'm kind of messed up because of it. Like I crave so much for that fatherly relationship, like someone to treat me like a little kid and actually be a dad. So I've looked to people online for that and they would fill it for a little bit, but eventually they wouldn't. And she's, she writes that she stopped for the past four or five months or so, uh, but still crave it and not sure how to stop. Uh, she's been a Christian, uh, wasn't any type of relationship. About nine months ago, I asked God into my heart and formed that relationship. And uh, so she's been, uh, she's been in a youth group. She's kind of been around the church a little bit. And uh, she's trying to figure out, she says, I don't really understand if what God is telling me or, or what he's trying to tell me. I don't really understand what God is trying to tell me, if anything. And uh, so, great question, Megan. Thank you so much for your email. Uh, guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts just right off the bat. It was kind of a long email, but um, what are your thoughts as, as we read that letter this tonight? You know, one of the things I think about is, is, Megan, you are absolutely right. You were made to have a relationship with a mom and a dad. And uh, when one of them is missing, you crave that and you look for it. So the first thing I would uh, encourage you is not to feel uh, angry or weird about that or different about that. But also realize that um, Satan actually could use that against you uh, by providing some male that's older that actually is not very interested in your well-being. So you need to be just a little bit careful on that um, uh, ability to actually have another male in your life that's older that you can trust and, and be with. In fact, uh, I'm a 57-year-old guy, and, and I've been, I have two daughters of my own, and I have often had uh, different ladies from the Nicolay Bible Institute come over to our house but I would only have them over if my wife were home and if the two of us together can talk to them or play games with them or something like that. So I guess, uh, number one, I don't want you to feel badly about uh, the idea that you crave to have this older male relationship in your life. And I wish that every man that was listening to our program would understand that this is a very important and very real thing in people's lives. And and what you need to do is is get in a position where you can be that person where young people feel safe around, and start with your own children. Uh, That's the best way to do that. Uh, The second thing, Megan, that kind of strikes me, uh, welcome to the family. You said recently you've been able to put your trust in Jesus and and join the family, and and you're part of our family now. You're part of those who love Jesus. And uh, what you have to understand there is that God is a father not like anyone on earth. He is going to be faithful. He will always be there And I really suggest that those moments where you feel like talking to a dad, that you start talking to God. You just talk to him. Go in your room, talk aloud, go ahead. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. Um, I uh, often quote 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, um, cast your care upon him because he cares for you. Very important that you understand that, that God actually cares for you. And that's what you're missing. That's what you're craving. You're craving someone who actually loves you in a pure way somebody that will help guide you. And guess what? God will do those things. He will do them through the Bible. He will do it as you meet with him in prayer. Um, and, and I would encourage you to spend the time with him that you feel lonely or, or need a dad. And, and the third thing, and then I'll let the other guys uh, share a little bit, is you, you talked about, you know, you don't feel close to God. You don't feel, well, the, the feeling part is something you can't trust. And that's one of those things that Satan loves to play with in our lives. Because feelings are things that uh, really are not trustworthy. They come from all sorts of things. We, we don't even know where they come from. Like, you have a favorite color. I mean, you might look at a certain color and go, ooh, that's my favorite color. That's really nice. 
Well, we don't know where that comes from, but it is a feeling, and, and we won't deny that. So I, I would be very careful with whether you felt or didn't feel uh, close to God, uh, because those things are just things that Satan can play with and, and that can really fool you. Uh, you need to know God and know the truth, and that'll set you free. And, and in that sense, you'll be able to meet with God and know. Uh, get involved in a church, and, and perhaps there's a couple there that you can go and just hang out with, play games, and, and enjoy being a part of their lives as well. And some of that will start to be met in your life. Just do me a favor, Megan. Do not reach out and just uh, touch anybody and say, I want you to be this person in my life. That's a dangerous thing to do. Um, and, and that usually ends up not too uh, good. So I, I encourage you, uh, welcome to the family. God is providing himself for you, and he will provide as you go to him and seek him. Kyle, do you have any thoughts? I think what Dave really said it well. I, I don't know if there's much I can add to that besides just reaffirm what he said in that it's important that you just don't go and give your uh, and look for that attention from any guy because not any guy is deserving of that attention. Um, so just be very careful on that. And I think that that um, uh, girls and I think even guys look for that kind of attention sometimes. And it's, it's important that you're very particular on who you trust. Yeah, you know, we, we crave um, a, a dad. We do. And, and I still have a philosophy on that or an idea, maybe not a philosophy, but an idea on that, that, you know, mom, I was a part of my mom. You know, I was in her, her body. I came out of her body. I, I was always a part of her. It was my dad's attention that I really loved. My mom seemed, no matter what, I had her attention. Yeah. She had this really kind of attachment to me. And, and dads, listen carefully to that because that's important. Your children mm-hmm. need your time. They, they need to hear from you. And those of you that are not hearing from your dad and you're not in that position, you know, don't use that for an excuse to go ballistic on, on, on doing bad things and finding people yeah. who aren't a good influence. Don't, don't yeah. use it like that. Instead, look to God and then look to those who will actually uh, that you'll be safe with, that really do love God and have a track record. Go to a grandma and grandpa. Go to a nursing home where there's some Christian people and go talk to somebody that's older that you can just talk to. And, and you'll find some great wisdom there if, if they really love God and know him. Megan, it, it's so I, – I think you made the right first step, you know, reaching out and getting help instead of just giving up entirely on God. I think, you know, when we first accept Christ, we kind of figure, you know, he's just going to fix my life right then and there, and things are going to be different. I'm going to understand who he is. I'm going to understand the Bible completely, and I'm going to totally, my life is just going to be fixed. It's going to be perfect. And I think the reality is is that we understand it's it's a relationship with God, and he's going to keep showing us. He's going to bring us through situations that aren't going to be comfortable, and we're going to have a past. We're going to have a story, and it's so important to realize what our story is is doesn't mean it really defines who we are. It just means that's what we've gone through and that's what we've been through. And so I really believe that this is just another starting point. This is a place where you can look at and and say in your life, man, I've I've really gone through some tough things. It's been hard to find that satisfaction. It's been hard to to go through this. And and I know sometimes you feel like God's just not there, that that He's not listening or not answering your prayers. And I couldn't I couldn't encourage you more. That's just not it's not the way that that God works. He doesn't just leave us to be there high and dry and trying to figure things out for ourselves. No, he really wants to speak into our life. And the word of God says that if we seek him with all our heart, we're going to find him. 
And so I just encourage you to keep seeking him, keep going to your church and your youth group. And like Dave said, find a mentor, someone that you know you can trust that has your best interests in mind and be around them. Continue to surround yourself with godly people. And not that people in church are perfect. People in church are not perfect. Again, that's where Dave is saying, just be wise. You know, know that guys don't have always the best interests. We get our mind mixed up and, and we're not always trustworthy. Many guys are, but many guys also will just fall into that temptation. So it's really good to have really good boundaries and to be in a mix of people where you can get some different perspectives yeah. and, and also that people will pray for you. So I just, I want to encourage you with that, not to give up on God if you don't feel like he's there or that things aren't necessarily changing as fast as you want or, or that those needs are being filled. Just don't be willing to compromise where you're at now thinking that something is going to change if you did compromise or you got into a relationship or try to fill those things yourself. Whenever we try to come up with our own answers, oftentimes it just doesn't work because we all, we oftentimes we get ahead of what God has for us. So now, let me throw this verse at Megan if I can. Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11, 12. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. Mm-hmm. You will seek me and find me yep. when you seek me with all your heart. And that's what Jeff was talking about. Yep. Thank you so much, Megan. Again, if you're in the same situation that Megan's in, you can chat with a live coach tonight anytime. Just visit our website, hopenet360.com, and chat with the live coach. Make sure to email in your questions and your comments to hope at hopenet360.com or go to csl.hopenet360.com. There you can submit a question or your story on our website there. So check it out. We're going to take a break here on the show, and we'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. Hope Net Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show tonight. Jeff DW with you tonight. Remember to connect with us anytime on the show or the podcast. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. That's hope at hopenet360.com. Go to csl.hopenet360.com as well. That's our Conversation Saves Lives blog. And we believe on this show that conversations really do save lives. And Dave, I don't know if you've ever had this time in your life. Have you had a, a time where in your family, every time you tried to talk about something, it turned into a big fight? Or there was like always somehow in these discussions that were a little bit more heated that false information just came up or misinformation comes up? Or is that just something that I've dealt with in my life? No, you know, I think that happens to everybody, but I think personalities deal with it differently. I think there are some that really fight through verbally uh, what they believe in, what they've heard, the anchoring bias that we talked about. My personality was a little different growing up. I would just be silent and just not believe or not talk about it and go in my room and be by myself. And I think that's another way that people do it rather than talking about it. And either one could be pretty dangerous and how you deal with it. The thing that's really hard for us, Jeff, is the fact that are we really dedicated to finding the truth or are we dedicated to appearing right to somebody? I think that's important to ask. For example, I was out once rafting in Idaho on the the middle fork of the Salmon River. It was a great experience. And there was a bunch of guides that were very religious that were, were guiding us and at night, one of the nights, I wanted to go sit uh, in the Idaho wilderness and build a fire and just sit by it and think. And I knew that what would happen probably was one of the guides would come and insist on building the fire, insist on taking care of me. And I thought, oh, we're going to get in a conversation. I'm going to have to talk about God. There's going to be an argument. You know, I mean, that kind of thing. And I didn't want to. I thought, I'm on vacation here. And I'm sure God was going and having going, huh? Mm. On vacation from what? 
And um, I sat down, and sure enough, a guide came up, and he started building a fire. And I said, you know, I can do this. He goes, no, sir, I'll do it for you. Fine, build a fire. And I'll sit there. It's like, I've only done that all my life. I can do it. I enjoy doing it. But go ahead and build me a fire. And he did. And and I'm thinking, you know, he's going to ask me what I do, and I'm going to have a choice to tell him I teach the Bible or, you know, I I take care of horses or something because I did that too at camp. And and, uh, he asked me, and I said, well, I, I teach people about God. And he goes, well, I don't believe in your God. I remember I looked at him and said, well, that's really kind of your problem, isn't it? And he, he looked at me shocked. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, if you don't want to believe in God, belief isn't the thing that it makes anything right or wrong. And if you don't want to believe in him, don't. But I do. And, and I, I asked him, why don't you believe in him? He said, well, look at all the hunger in the world and all this. And he went on to a big, long explanation. And I thought, no kidding. So God doesn't meet your expectation? So he's not God? Yeah. I said, have you ever read like the whole Bible through or anything? No. So you're willing to talk about who God is and you've never spent time trying to figure out who he is, but you're willing to tell me who he is? Yes. <laughs> I thought, this is silly. Yeah. You know, a lot of our audience has heard my voice, but they, they don't know who I am. They don't, they, you know, they've never met me. Mm-hmm. So if, if they come up and before they ever met me, they say, I think Dave is, you know, six foot 10 and, and he loves pizza. There's always pizza hanging out of his mouth. And, you know, so they come in uh, to Silver Birch Ranch. And they asked Todd here, you know, can you show me where David is? He goes, oh, he's right over there. And the person looks at me and goes, no, that's not him. Can you show me where he is? I mean, what would you do, Todd, if somebody did that? <clears throat> I'd probably um, say, well, I know Dave, and that's yeah. him, so. Yeah, no matter what you think of him before you came, yeah. <laughs> no, no matter what your preconceived notion is, it really doesn't matter yeah. because that's who he is over there. You know, we do that with people, and we can understand how silly that would be. But most people actually do that with God. They, they come and they say, here's who God is. I've decided already who he is. And if, if the revealed God, now that's the anchoring bias, mm-hmm. the revealed God then has no room in their life because there's no room to talk about who he really is. I think that's a dangerous thing that we have to avoid. And, and I would encourage those that are listening to us, if today like you, you're really confused about who God is or you really don't know who he is, Please just don't make them up. Mm-hmm. Spend some time trying to figure out who he really is. Pick up the Bible. Talk to people who know him. If you don't know Todd, and most of you listening don't, and you wanted to, and I was with you, I could probably tell you about him, you know, because Todd and I are friends. We've been around for a long time, and, and I could tell you about him. And you should probably listen to me if I tell you about him because I know who he is. Yeah. If you're going to ask some person on the street that never met him, I'm sure they can give you an explanation, too. And they're wrong. Because no matter what they say, they don't know who he is. And, and I would encourage our listeners, please be careful who you listen to if you're talking about God, because it really does matter in the end what you believe. It, it doesn't create truth or anything, but it matters what you believe, and you should believe what's right. A couple of things that you said, Dave, really stood out to me. And one was how quick we are to wanting to be right or even just heard. I think that's a big thing for young people is we'll get into a conversation and it turns heated and one person's, you know, well, this is the way it is. And the other person's like, well, no, this is the way it is. And it's, it doesn't necessarily revolve around facts or any kind of research, but it's just a matter of either being right or being heard. And I don't know what the, what the deal is with that or why we have this struggle for being right or, or just being heard versus being truthful and honest. Growing up, I always felt like people that I knew that you know, I trusted that I had a relationship with were always telling the truth. And what I found later on in life that was kind of discouraging was there were times where, yeah, I was lied to. Dave, why, why do people feel like they have to lie versus telling the truth? Don't you think it'd just be easier to tell the truth? 
Oh, you know, it'd be much easier. I, I do believe that in a court of law or when they're asking people what happened on a scene, they ask several people and they would ask you the same question if you were involved over and over again, because it's really hard to remember all your lies. And, and eventually you say something that's different. And what's really interesting, it's not hard to remember the truth. So normally if you're telling the truth, it comes out the same way every single time. What's interesting is that you and I have the capability, it seems, to believe lies eventually. And I look back at um, what God says about Satan in the Bible, and he said that Satan is the father of lies. He wants us to live our lives in lies because he's the one that controls that. Earlier we talked about that one of the most important things that we can do in life is embrace truth because Satan has to let go of you when the truth is present. He doesn't know how to deal with truth. If God goes to Satan and says, I'm, I'm God, he goes, yeah, I know. I mean, that's the end of that one. And what's interesting is that Satan's sin, if you want a generalization, mm-hmm. it was pride. In other words, I want what I want. And I think we just get into that same mode. I want to believe what I heard. I want to believe what grandma said, maybe. I want to believe what my best friend said. I think I hurt them if I challenge them, so I don't even challenge them. Mm-hmm. I just need to believe it. Then I start defending something I don't really know is true. I would ask you a question, Jeff. If if I did that and down the road you found out that I was lying, would you have trouble trusting me in the future? I would have trouble trusting. I would try to figure out, you know, why you felt the need to lie. Yeah, in, in defense of those that say things, sometimes you are talking about something you know about, but you only know a limited amount about it. So you're, it's mm-hmm. not like you're you're lying. You just know this much, and you're talking about it as if it's the whole thing. And then a year later, you find out, more about something. So, so I might talk about uh, like a medicine that I'm taking because I know so much about it. But then a year later, I see a new study and go, oh, I just learned more about it. And this is, oh, that makes more sense, you know? And, and I think that's okay. That, that's not like an intentional lie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure people that believe lies are intentionally lying anymore either. I think they start believing them. Mm. And, and that's why it's important in our lives to have something that we can look at that will evaluate whether we're believing truth or whether we're believing a deception. We need something like the Bible. We need to be in a small group. We need to be with people who love God and love us and will ask us the tough questions. If we don't have that, I think we're susceptible to lying to ourselves, and then the trouble is pretty deep after that. Yeah. Todd, let me know if you agree or disagree with this, but I I think sometimes we lie because we want to protect somebody else. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I think people do that, yeah. And why would you need to protect them by lying? How does lying protect somebody? Um, I think it's more often to protect ourselves than it is to protect other people. We don't want to have to deal with telling somebody the whole truth. And then you have to live being afraid you get caught? Yeah, there's a tension of, you know, oh, man, are they going to find out? Yeah. And I, I think lying in general is just it's such a slippery path, and there's there's nothing good about it in any way because... It's creating a life of fear for yourself. Man, that is deep. I love that. We're going to talk a little bit more about the ramifications of lying and even ask the the open question, you know, for parents who are listening tonight, just imagine your daughter coming home and saying, Mom, Dad, I think I'm pregnant. And what that can do and, and how we respond when the truth hurts. I think that's a big part of the discussion tonight, too, that we want to get into. So, We're going to come back with the second half of the show after some music, so keep it locked in here tonight on HopeNet Radio. 
feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Glad that you've joined us. If you missed the first half of the show, make sure to stop by HopeNet360.com and find our show there. You can subscribe to all of our past episodes there and on iTunes. Just go to the homepage of HopeNet360.com and there you'll see a link to our podcast. So subscribe, get connected with us, email us anytime in the show or the podcast at Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email. And you can connect with us, Dave, Jeff, Todd with you today. And uh, we're, man, we've been doing the show for six months now. And tonight we believe that conversations save lives on this show. And we've seen, we've heard your stories and, and your emails. And we've been able to read a lot of different ones, both on the show and just offline. So we would love to connect with you. Stop by our Facebook page and our Twitter and just let us know what you thought about the past six months. And Dave, we were kind of talking about some random little known facts that I think few people really know about. Well, hit me with them, man. Well, like this one, uh, when Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, he already had three missed calls from Chuck Norris. Wow. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Did you know that? Wow. I did not know that. This Chuck Norris guy, he is, he is something else, really, <laughs> when you think about it. Not only that, but Chuck Norris doesn't call the wrong number. You actually answer the wrong phone. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's how I feel when I call the wrong number. So that's really an issue. I mean, when you, when you think about it, that's how we live, most of us. It's like... <laughs> Hey, what do you mean I called the wrong number? You you are a nut. You know, I did not call the wrong number. And and then I look at my phone and go, oh, I called the wrong number. You know what I mean? Yep. How in the world could I have called the wrong number? Yeah, I, I'm not dyslexic, but I'm telling you, if I'm dialing a phone, often the last two numbers I mess up somehow. I, I put them in the wrong order. And then I get somebody and I'm going, what is your problem? Get off the phone. I'm, I'm calling somebody else. Oh, we're so human. I'm just, I'm really thankful for Facebook because oftentimes I'll meet somebody and they'll tell me their phone number and I put it in my phone and I manage to do that, but I put the number in my phone wrong. So when I pull them up on my speed dial, it's like their number is wrong in my phone. So I have to go on Facebook and say, hey, I didn't get your phone number. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, you know yeah. what? Think about that for a second though, Jeff. You put information in that you was, you believe is correct. You honestly believe it's correct. And you actually use it as if it's correct. If I asked you for it, you'd give it to me as correct until you actually experienced that it was wrong. Yeah. And even then, you don't want to admit it. You want to look for some other problem. And I think really that parallels our, our lives. You know, you can believe whatever you want to about God. You can, you can go to church. You can believe whatever you want to about church. You can believe whatever you want to about family. The, the truth of the matter is there's going to come a time for everybody where you're forced into reality. And, and that's important for you to understand. There's a time where this life ends. There's a time where we meet God. And the Bible tells us that very clearly, that, that every life will end, and after that, a judgment will take place. And I'm not the judge. So what Dave Wager says is could be amusing, could be good, could be bad, could be ugly. But, but what God says should matter because he is the judge, and we need to understand that. Do uh, you guys uh, remember Jeremiah in the Old Testament? Yeah. Jeremiah is very interesting as, as God talked to him because Jeremiah was going to get a really tough assignment. He was going to get an assignment to go to a nation that was abandoning God. They weren't listening to God and tell them, not good. You know, I mean, we've got to change our ways. And, and what's interesting, before he got the assignment, God talked to him. And it's in the first chapter of Jeremiah, the, the fifth verse. And many young people know this one. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, some of those are big words. Uh, the word consecrate means I, I set you apart. In other words, I gave you a very specific mission. What's really interesting to me is how God looks at Jeremiah and says, before you were formed, I knew you. Mm-hmm. That word know is, is actually the word yada. And uh, you might have heard somebody say yada, yada, yada. I've probably said that to you before, Dave. You probably have. <laughs> uh, however, let me help you understand what that means. Yada simply means that you actually see, experience, know, you actually have firsthand experience at something. So what God is saying, and, and what a, uh, maybe a Jewish older lady might say to her family is yada, yada, yada. In other words, I see, I know, I know, be quiet. But that's not what God's saying necessarily. He's saying, you know what? I know who you are, Jeremiah. You need to listen to me because I am the one that can make you successful in life. I am the one that can deliver the significance and the security. I really want our listeners to hear that because right now, the, the character of God has not changed. Mm-hmm. He knows you even before you were born in a way like you were born already. He knows you. He created you. He formed you. I, I, I once in a while, you know, Jeff and Todd, I wonder how disappointed God is in Dave Wager. I, I just wonder because he actually knows why I exist. He knows what my potential is. He knows why he put me on this planet. And sometimes I think I'm daydreaming through it. I, you know, I, I'm just missing it. And, and I need to readjust myself and say, you know, God, you did not put me on this planet to be an accidental blob of protoplasm. That's not why I'm here. I am not here just with randomness, no plan, no idea, because just like Jeremiah, he used the word yada. Dave, before you were formed, I knew you. And I hope that our listeners can understand that God's greatest desire for us is that we live in the potential that he created us with in the beginning, that we can reach that promised land, that we can be people who actually live the way we were created. And it all starts by coming to God, like in the book of Genesis where it says, in the beginning, God. That's where it starts. There's a God. It's not Dave Wager. And, and with that, then I can understand that he's given me choice and that he wants to reconcile with me because my sin keeps me from him mm-hmm. and that he sent Jesus so that I could be in his family. I'm the orphan. He's the one with resources. I can be in his family. Mm-hmm. And that's the basic of all truth. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with Chuck Norris, but, but it does have the basics of all truth. And from there, we can begin to make adjustments in life. Does that make sense, Jeff? Yeah, but I'm wondering, for those who grew up with the anchoring bias, if you will, that this whole God thing is a myth, that like this Christian thing, yeah, it it, it really doesn't hold any water. It's just a bunch of gobbledygook that nobody, nobody with a rational mind would actually believe that. You know, a few weeks ago, we saw this debate between two, I don't know if you call them heavy hitters or not, but two guys who have opposing worldviews. One was Bill Nye, the science guy, and the other one was this guy named Ken Ham who has the Creation Museum down in Kentucky. And so they got together and um, just talked about, like, if creation could be just a a satisfactory scientific proof to start from, I guess, when you look at the origins of the world. So uh, for someone who is out there who has believed that, how in the world would we ever convince them? For me, it would seem like if they have that kind of bias already, it's not going to work just to tell them to go read the Bible, right? Yeah, here's what I would suggest. I, I encourage them to just watch how people live. Those who who claim there is no God, whatever, just watch their lives and watch people who actually do know God and are in a relationship with them and watch their lives and compare them. That's one thing. Another thing is I would encourage them to go find the work of Lee Strobel somewhere. 
Lee Strobel was a Pulitzer Prize-winning author for the Chicago Tribune, who was an agnostic, an atheist, actually, and, and he was somebody who was a self-proclaimed skeptic. He did not believe that Jesus really died and rose from the dead. He did not believe in creation. He, he certainly was confused by the idea of faith. And, and because his wife became a Christian, he went on a journey, and a very, very good journey, to figure out what the truth was. And eventually, he became one who said, no, there was a Jesus. He did rise from the dead. I am now a Christian. And I love Lee Strobel's stuff because I think he had an honest struggle. He, he was looking for the facts, and I just love his stuff. And I would encourage you, look up Lee Strobel. Maybe we can put a link to Lee Strobel somewhere on, a, on our stuff. I don't know. I don't do that. But if you're a skeptic tonight, I invite you to say, okay, I have some anchoring biases. I want to go just investigate the truth and see where it takes you. You know, on this show, we talk about a lot of different things, and you may not always agree with what we talk about, and that's really not the point. The point is to actually just encourage a conversation to start. So you could totally disagree with me, but if you have something now to talk about or to ask questions about, that's the whole point of why we do this show. So we want to inspire a conversation to begin, whether it's at home. Maybe you've got a family who has always been in the church. And for me, I was a church kid. I went to church you know, every single week. I still got to the point where I began to ask questions. You know, is, is this whole God thing really real? Is this something, especially when I got to adulthood, it was like, well, there's a lot of different things out there. There's a lot of, you know, different ideas. There's philosophy. There are different philosophers who I'm studying. There are, you know, different world religions. There's a lot of different ideas in today's world. How do I know really what I believe is right and true? Because I think in the end, that's what we're really talking about tonight. If you go on the internet and you search for your, you know, your symptoms that you're experiencing, you can find out that, you know, you might have cancer and you didn't even get a diagnosis. You just went to WebMD. D.com and you believed what they had there. Now, hopefully, some of what's on the internet today is true, but often we find these stories, these Chuck Norris stories, you know, and, and we take them and that's what we kind of base our lives around because whether it's an anchoring bias or it's just a persuasion, maybe a very convincing speaker had told you this is how it was, now you're just believing it. Well, I've met a lot of sincere people who were believing lies because I've found my basis of truth right in the Bible. And if there's anything that lines up against that, that's kind of my standard for truth. Now, someone else could have a, their science textbook. You can have, you know, someone who comes in and, and teaches you your material and, and uh, tells you all about mitochondria and how the cell has evolved over the years. And, you know, that's great. But does it, is it going to hold water when you have various arguments come up against it? So tonight, if you need to chat with a live coach a little bit more in depth about any of these things or about a difficult thing going on in your life, there are live coaches waiting to talk to you tonight at HopeNet360.com. We're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show tonight. Glad that you've joined us on the show. We've been talking about Chuck Norris stories. Uh, Dave, I got another Chuck Norris random fact. I know this is going to be one of those where you're like, yeah, I probably knew that, yada, yada, yada. But here's a, here's a random known fact, a little known fact, about Chuck Norris. It says some magicians can actually walk on water. Now, you and I know Peter walked out to Jesus on the water. Yep. Well, Chuck Norris can swim through land. Oh, man. You know, he is good. He is – I'm telling you, I've never seen or heard of another person who was able to do the things that Chuck Norris was able to do. I can't believe it. It's all – this internet thing is so great. I know, man. It, you know, you keep going through it. You can find out new facts all the time. You know, it's really interesting to me. <laughs> there are so many words out there in our culture. I mean, on the internet, news, television, opinion, polls. There are so many words that the words are beginning to become meaningless to people because there's so many of them. It's like, what's your favorite food, Todd? Mm. 
Probably my mom's homemade pizza. Okay, so let's say I offer pizza. Let, let's say I, I, I offered you your mom's homemade pizza every meal for the next ten years. Ugh. Yeah, I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, every meal as much as you want. Every single meal as much. As, it's just here. It's laying all over the place. It's fresh. It's laying everywhere. Too much of a good thing. Yeah. Not good. You know, eventually you go. I'm not interested. You walk right by it. It doesn't even turn your head. I'm afraid it, with the internet. With all the information, as good as it can be, with all the words, with all of the stuff that's going into our heads, what I'm afraid is that even the words from the podcast here at HopeNet360, they're falling on ears that have heard so many words that they just ignore what's being said. And, and so I would encourage our listeners, please, at least in your life, be diligent about seeking who God really is. And try and actually respond to the words you hear, not in a defensive manner necessarily. We're not trying to start a fight. We're, we're actually trying to get you to understand God's word. With that, Jeff, I'd, I'd love to hear more of God's word and what he says so that we can talk about the things that really are rather than uh, Chuck Norris and all the things that would be very cool if they could be. <laughs> Dave, you sound a little bit skeptical that Chuck Norris can't swim through land. A little. I, I'm just a little <laughs> skeptical. And I'm sure Hollywood could make him do it. That's the, that's the weird part. And, and, I you know, bet I, Hollywood could do that. And that yeah, would I bet be an amazing could. movie. I, Everybody would go see it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be very amazing. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of verses that have, have come to mind. Being a, a 20-something, getting into college, getting into secular university, you hear a lot of different ideas that you may never have heard of in church. And for me, I was really attracted to a lot of different philosophy classes when I was in my humanities class. You know, I, you'd study works of Descartes or Kant or uh, even some Marx a little Descartes? bit. It's not Descartes? It's not Descartes. No, it's Descartes. And um, this was a, you know, I don't, I'm not going to quote Descartes. Don't ask me to, to quote him. But I just remember his name and studying him in college. But there are a lot of different ideas when you go off to university, you go off to, you know, a place that's different from home. And especially Psych University, there was there were a lot of things that I learned that I never heard of in church. And I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, you know. And, and uh, so I began to kind of adopt some of these philosophies and, and start you know, thinking in different directions and thinking that I had, you know, now I was just, I was more wise. Like there are so many of these philosophers that just, you know, they were smart guys. They wrote a lot of books. They wrote a lot of different things. They're quoted all over the place. And, and I'm like, you know, some of these were like more humanistic, you know, they were a little bit more about me and man and, and, uh, the power that I have within or whatever. And Colossians 2, 8 came to mind where, where Paul is essentially writing. He says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. And I, when I read that, I was like, man, that fits. I mean, there are so many different philosophies. There's different ways of life. There's talk to different Christians. There's a lot of different brands of Christianity, if you will. There's different ideas out there. You know, there are some that are more focused on, you know, spiritual well-being and like, you know, kind of mystical stuff where it's it's all about like feel-good philosophy and kind of what we talked about in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and how God allowed them to go through the fire. There's, you know, people that want to feel like God would never put you through the fire. God wouldn't allow bad things to happen that maybe you're sinning or doing something that you know, and so there are so many different philosophies out there that don't line up with God's word. And and I think when you begin to look at whether it's modern science or it's philosophers, it's, you know, when you get to man-made thinking, that's it's very deceptive because, again, we're all human. We're all flawed. And unless there's somebody who has that quality of perfection to them, which you and I both know, Dave, we're not perfect people. We probably shouldn't write the next self-help book uh, when Only it comes Chuck to it. Norris but, is. 
Chuck Norris is definitely this guy's perfect. Yep. I'm telling you yep. what. But you know, that that spoke to me. There's a lot of philosophies. There's a lot of things in this world that will uh, try to to persuade us in a different direction. And it's so important to know where our foundation of truth is today. Would you agree or do you disagree oh, on that? You know what? We start treating God like we treat each other, and that's very dangerous because He's different than us. Uh, by that I mean. If Todd tells me something, let, let's say he told me about Chuck Norris. Do you got anything else on Chuck Norris that you can tell me that I can learn? Once Chuck Norris got bit by a very poisonous cobra, and after three days of excruciating pain, the cobra died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> now, you know, here's the deal. <laughs> I know that Todd is a human like Dave and that he has opinions about things and he can believe things. That, that's fine. Sometimes you just nod your head and smile and go on with life. But I can't do that with God. See, the difference with God is that he doesn't have an opinion. But every human I ever met does. And so I need to treat them differently. I I hope that makes sense because that's critical to understand. I I just need to treat someone that doesn't have an opinion. There are some qualities of God that that we keep trying to put human qualities with him on certain things. But Mm -hmm. we can't because he's God. He's different. There's no way Dave Wager could ever create the universe. I mean, there's no way. There's no way that I can be omnipresent. or I mean, I can't do those things. See, he's different. And one of the things that would be improper is to believe that God has an opinion about anything. He doesn't. An opinion means that you don't see things completely all the time. So, so you're just talking from your vantage point. And that's why you can talk about Chuck Norris doing all these things because the man seems incredible. So from our vantage point, We can talk about that. But in reality, we can't do that when we talk about God. He doesn't have a vantage point like we do. In other words, he sees it all clearly. And so I think that what we have to do is is admit our humanness here and be able to say, okay, I, I do believe things. They can be opinions. We get them from various sources. Maybe there's too many words. But when God says something, I need to put it in a different category and say, no, when he says something and I actually understand it, then that's the way it is. Now, I want to encourage our our listeners, though, if you just pull a single verse out of the Bible and try and figure it out, you're going to be messed up maybe worse than before. It's not that you can just take a single piece of the jigsaw puzzle and know what the whole puzzle is about. It is important that you put things in context. And that's where God comes into play because he puts everything in context. Remember in the segment earlier, we said, you know, he came to Jeremiah and said, before you were born, I knew you. See, that's context right there. God was saying, I know why you're here, Jeremiah. I know what's going on with the people. I know what you need to do. God gave Jeremiah context for the suffering. The reason suffering for so many people is so terrible is they don't have any context for it. And because they don't have any context for it, it's unbearable. And God is the only one that can give us context. Yep. It, you know, in a, in a day and age where time is, time, is, time is really at a minimum in a lot of ways. And I see a lot of families, and I was in a family that was probably not much different than the traditional I guess, family structure where when, when you get to that teenage year, and I know we've talked about it before, the teen rebellion years, this is kind of a, it's kind of a new modern phenomenon. This isn't something that has existed down through many generations and and centuries. This is something that's more new, but a lot of families get disconnected around the teenage years and there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of, you know, prejudice or, or different thoughts. And what ends up happening is there are quarrels, there are fights over things that really don't matter. And I think there are a lot of families, and you're probably listening tonight, and there's probably a couple of, you know, dirty looks going back and forth in the car or whatever that, you know, you're listening, you're like, yeah, that, that's, that's my family. We fight about everything. We fight about 
anything. I mean, you could you could tell a Chuck Norris joke and it's going to break out into a, like, a two-hour fiasco in my house. You know, all of these things that they don't really matter, but yet we'll want to spend time talking about it because I, I think it comes back. There's either it's I want to be right or it's I want to be heard or it's just maybe it really is a belief system inside what's going on. So, you know, we've got to get back to truth. There's another Ephesians 5, 6 says to let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience that our quarrels, our fights can be full of empty words. And what we end up doing is chasing the empty words. And we're, we're trying to fight against things that don't hold any weight. What we need to understand is very simple. If there is a truth, then we need to discover it and not make it up. And we need to position ourselves so that we actually hear somebody who actually sees it clearly that doesn't have a perspective because God doesn't have a perspective, but every human does. And, and with that in mind, we can start discovering the truth and then we start applying the truth and it can change our lives contact a live coach if you're looking for someone to talk to about a difficult thing going on. Maybe there's been some conflict happening at home and you need to know that someone cares about you. There's a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. More here on HopeNet Radio when we come back. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, Todd in studio with you tonight. And if you've missed it, we have been sharing some little-known facts about a, a, a young guy named Chuck Norris. First things first, tonight, if you're new to faith, you're new to, to God or any of these discussions, we really encourage you to find out more of who God is. And I couldn't think of a better place to go than to chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. The internet is so full of great, great tidbits of information, and I'm so glad that we can find pretty much anything we want to believe or uh, know about on the internet. And uh, I think believe is a better word. I think he's actually like 74 <laughs> now. <laughs> well, actually. I mean. For Chuck Norris, that might be young. Chuck Norris oh, doesn't yeah. know age. Age knows Chuck Norris. I don't know. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> I think you just made that up too, didn't you? That's I, I did just make that up. I got a better one actually. Chuck Norris. See, guys, a lot of scientists are doing these like Mars rover expansions and, and we're spending trillions. I don't know. It, it, I think it's a pet dog they sent up to Mars yeah. anyway. Okay. And they, they send out there to, to go and find rocks and any signs of life. And I'm going to save us trillions of dollars in the future by giving you this this little known fact. Chuck Norris has already been to Mars, and that's why there are no signs of life. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I, I want to meet Chuck Norris. <laughs> Chuck, if, you if you're listening to this podcast, would you give me a call? <laughs> uh, I would tell you the number, except for I'm sure you know it. <laughs> he probably does. Yeah. Anyway, there you have it, folks. Uh, there are our list of Chuck Norris facts, and hopefully you've learned something informative tonight on the show. But really, we're talking about when we when we hear something that's new to us, oftentimes, Dave, you call this the anchoring bias in how when we hear a fact that's new or maybe a new teaching or whatever, we tend to latch onto that and believe it, whether or not it's proven you know, valid or, or whatever. And there's a lot of information out there today. We live in a day of information. It's kind of like that is our commodity. There's a story about everything. Dave, you were talking about some doctors that you have, and they both told you completely opposite things. And one was a good friend. The other one was, you know, really a cardiologist. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was a discrepancy in what they were telling you. And sometimes it's hard to figure out, one, what the truth really is, because we know today there are people today that will actually lie to you. And it's disappointing when that happens. Yeah, you know what? And as you think about this, Jeff and Todd, there are some real answers in life. 
but we have to go to where the answers really are. We, t- we talked about God being different than man. We talked about him. He doesn't have an opinion. He doesn't have a perspective. And, and so when God speaks, he's speaking from a different platform than we speak from. And it's important that we hear what he says. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God. Here's what God says. Therefore, since God loves you, since, since you can be in his family, if you are in his family, let's be imitators of God. And then he says, as beloved children. And, and that's where sometimes we stop and say, well, what does that mean, be imitators of God? I can't create the universe again. No, because he goes on to tell you, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What he says is, here's where the rubber meets the road. Here is where you actually will find significance in life, Hmm. by loving God and by loving one another. And not by our definition of love, but by his definition of love. His definition of love is very simple. When I look at Todd, I need to think, what do I need to do to make Todd the best person he can be. What, what can I use my resources for? What can I use my life for? What can I use my words for that will help Todd become the best man that he can become? Now, what's interesting is our world goes on the opposite of that. We keep thinking, I want the world to revolve around me. And that's how we find misery right there. And God says in Ephesians, therefore be imitators of God. I'll get to tell you how. Walk in love as Christ did. Christ saw that there was a problem that Dave Wager had in, the, in his sin. And, and God sent his son, Jesus, who came down willingly and gave up all of the wonders of being where he was so that I could be with God in him forever. And, and that's how I'm supposed to live. And a little later, we talked about this verse where it says, Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of the empty words, that the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. God doesn't want us to live in a manner that will destroy the life that he gave us. He knows Mm -hmm. how it was made. He wants us to be significant and secure. We just need to come to him and do something we can do. I, I cannot change the circumstances of life. I cannot change the family I was born in. I cannot change the universe. I cannot do that. I am not Chuck Norris. However, here's what I could do. I could love God. I could seek him with all my heart. I, I could do that. And that's all he asked me to do. And then I could love the people around me. I can look today to the people around me. And as I'm loving God, as I'm walking and and, and being with God, I can look at guys like Todd and others who come into my life, and I can actually look out for their best interests. I can do those things. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that God did not give us something we can't do. Anybody who comes to me and basically says, no, you need to be more about yourself. You need to focus on you. You know what? I'm going to find that they're wrong someday. They're going to find that they're wrong because that's not how God made us. You know, God loves you. And I tell the kids all the time, he's older than you. He's smarter than you. He loves you. You can trust him. And in that process, you'll begin to discover real truth that actually comes from someone who doesn't have opinion or perspective. Todd, I'd love to give uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. And there are many people, many, I think, well-intentioned people who will take that and tell you, you know what? There's a Mercedes-Benz in your future. You know, that God wants to prosper you. He doesn't want to harm you. And um, essentially give you all the desires of your heart. Almost in a way, kind of like a gumball machine. You know, you just stick a quarter in and you get this gumball, which, you know, gives you about five minutes of happiness. That's a bad example. But uh, at least it's something that will give you things that will make you feel like you're blessed. How do you approach that in, in your life? Yeah, I think that's the whole health, wealth, prosperity type gospel. That's not really in scripture. I remember that we, um, my family was trying to sell our house. 
um, we were trying for five years to sell our house. Mm. And somebody went to my dad in the church. Um, my dad's a pastor. And they just said, you know, you guys have been trying to sell your house for five years and it hasn't sold. You guys don't have enough faith. Hmm. And I remember thinking, how self-centered, how ignorant to just say that, like, to judge somebody else's faith on that. Because it has nothing to do with how much faith we have and it has everything to do with how faithful he is. And, you know, we talked about in another episode that God doesn't waste anything. And I think of the verse, I can't remember exactly where it's found right now, but it says God works everything in conformity with his will. That doesn't mean that when we mess up, that was God's will. That just means that... Okay, God's going to pick us up, brush us off, and now we have a testimony that God can use. It doesn't mean that, you know, us making stupid choices was what God wanted us to do, but God doesn't waste it. He'll use that and a lot of the a lot of the things that happen to us that are bad that we say shouldn't happen to us, you know, like you're talking about somebody says, "You know, God, it's God's will that you have a Mercedes-Benz or whatever." Um a lot of the bad things that happen to us in our lives um are pretty much our fault. <laughs> You know, people make the joke like, oh, the devil made me do it, whatever. And, well, if the devil did anything, he pretty much just woke you up that morning. You just took it from there. Um, And so to say that God has all this good for you, well, I mean, it is his will that we're in a relationship with him. And everything else um, should be secondary to that. Everything else is an extra blessing. And what God, what we think of as good is often skewed because we're human. God may bring, you know, cancer into our lives because he's using that to draw us closer to himself. And that ultimately is the blessing, is knowing Christ. Yeah, here's here's the bottom line on it. As we're wrapping up the show tonight, James 4.1 says this, What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? And I think that's so fitting because, you know, again, we're, we're trying to find out what is true. Some of us actually don't mind living according to the lies because... You know, let's face it, lying is a byproduct of our selfish nature. If we always told the truth, sometimes the truth would get us in a situation where it would be uncomfortable for us. It could damage our our reputation. There's a lot of different ways and a lot of different reasons why people lie. But here's the deal. God is truth. He's always going to tell you the truth. He's given us his word as our, our standard of truth. That if we just tell the truth, it's easier that way. And you know what? If you don't know an answer, if you don't know how to answer the question or you don't know what the answer really is, don't make it up. Just say, I don't know. It's it's not a weakness to say, I don't know. It's more of a weakness to say, I'm not going to learn than to say, I don't know. Asking the question of if we really have to fight about this. Now, both parents and teenagers, I really want you guys to practice this once in a while. That when there's a discussion that comes up and it turns into a fight, you know, you know, all a fight. Ask that question. Do you do you really have to fight about this? You know, I think the answer to most of those questions are no, but we do have to talk about this because it's important. Again, we come back to on the show is that conversations always save lives. And so if we work from that, if we tell the truth, if we're going to be honest and be open and vulnerable, and you have to couple that with a willingness to forgive, that God will work through that. And God will bring healing and restoration where there's forgiveness, where there's honesty. Those are two very key things where there's respect. Those are all those those qualities that we need to have in a, in any kind of civil discussion. Otherwise, it, then it turns into a big brawl. And uh, so we don't want that. God doesn't want us to live with enmity or strife or bickering among us. God has greater plans than that. For DW, for Todd, it's been fun hanging out with you on the show. Remember to go to HopeNet360.com, subscribe to the podcast, get the whole show there, share it with your friends. And make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. We'll see you guys online next week. See you guys. Bye.